The word of God comes to us today from the 27th chapter of Proverbs, verses 5, 6, and 17. Better is open rebuke than hidden love. Faithful are the wounds of a friend. Profuse are the kisses of an enemy. Iron sharpens iron, and one man sharpens another. This is the reading of God's word. Please be seated. All right, it's good to see everybody here today. Hopefully you've had a good week, um, enjoying the last moments of summer, so on and so forth. But um, if you are joining us here for the first time or if you haven't been with us in a while, what, we, what we've been doing here is we've been looking at a few verses in the book of Proverbs, and we've been talking about friendship, right? You know, just follow me. Like, this is not just something I came up with last minute. It's been planned for all along. When we started talking about roles of the church, and one of the roles is discipleship. And what's discipleship? It means we grow together as a church. How does that look communally? We talked about relationships. We talked about how, particularly in the church of Ephesus, there was some hostility, there was some animosity, not because of sin per se, but because of just different people getting together. How do we resolve that? Then we talked about community. We had talked a little bit about community and what community is. And we had a retreat, and it was revolved around community. And right after that, now we're talking about friends. It's my conviction, okay, that you and I need deeper friendships. We need deeper friendships, particularly in the church, particularly in the life of faith. Because it is so hard to just be a Christian on your own. And so you cannot just look to that one pastor or pastors, to help you along in each and every one along your faith. If you're serious about your faith, if we're serious about our faith, we need friends of the same mindset to help us along. And so that's what we're trying to look at, and we're trying to see what, what is friendship? What does what a friend look like? What's a real friend? All of us understand a little bit of friendships. All of us have certain friends. Um, but we're looking at here a biblical sort of um, Example or, I guess, characteristics of what I think Proverbs saying a friend is. Let me just kind of review a little bit from what we talked about last week. Proverbs is what we call a, a book of wisdom. The genre is wisdom. Wisdom means uh, it's not just what's right and wrong. It's not about morality, but it's not less than morality. It's about how to navigate situations in your life that sometimes have nothing to do with what's right or wrong. And you could be morally correct on so many things, but still not know what the best choice is or what the best decision is. That's wisdom. And that's why Proverbs, if you ever try to read it, it just reads over and over, verse after verse. It just looks like fortune cookies with little tidbits, and you're trying to put it all together. But it's a wisdom literature. And last week, we looked at a couple of verses in Proverbs regarding friends. Proverbs 17, 17, a friend loves at all times. A brother is born from adversity. 18, verse 24, a man of many companions may come to ruin, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. What we said last week was this. Friends, however you want to think about them, are more important, probably more important than you really think. There's a friend that sticks closer than even a brother. Family. Even family right? A brother born for adversity. And what we said last week was this. Proverbs seems to be saying, you won't make it in life without good friends. So it's in your best interest, especially as a person of faith, 
If you want to live a wise life, you won't do it. You won't be able to do it without good friends. In fact, you're lost. That's what Proverbs seems to be saying. You're lost without good friends, lack of friends, and sometimes the wrong friends. Proverbs is wisdom, and it's wisdom for life. So for life, especially for the Christian life, Proverbs seems to be saying, therefore, choose your friends wisely. Right? Do you remember that? Choose your friends wisely. And what we said is, well, how do we find friends? How do we discover friends? And that's the point. We discover them. We don't make them. We discover them. We engage with others, and we find common affinities. We find common affinities. Some of us, maybe it's a sport. Some of us, maybe it's a hobby. Others of us, maybe it's a family background or, or a, 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 you know, I don't know, a common uh, thing that you like to enjoy. The point is, you've discovered an affinity with someone, and now you've got a foundation. You've got a foundation for a good friendship, and it needs to be built. But what Proverbs here been, seems to be saying is this. In order to find real deep Stick with you through adversity better than a brother kind of friend. Two things we said. It requires you to be open, and it also requires you to open up. To be open to others, but also to open up. And that takes time. It takes effort. Sometimes it takes courage and trust. It takes maybe even a little risk. But you find whatever that is, that affinity, and then you engage, and now you have a foundation for friendship. Two characteristics we said last week of a good friend that Proverbs tells us, consistency and connectedness. Verse 17 of chapter 17, a friend, what? Loves at all times. What does that mean? Consistency. They're always there. You're not only a friend to someone because they're useful to you, right? It's not about your usability, it's about your availability. You're always there. It's consistent. Okay? The second thing we said was it's also someone who is connected to you. And we're not talking by social media. We're talking emotionally connected. Connected. So connected that because your friend is having a hard time, you just can't go singing happy songs. You can't be happy, completely happy, because you know that your friend who you are so sensitive to and they're sensitive to you just can't be happy with them. But you weep with them. And so, consistency and connectedness, right? Discovering common affinities, building on that, looking for consistency and connectedness. And in this process here, what we're getting is, the gospel here is this. We're getting a picture of a friend that I think we all want, or at least we need, but at the same time, we fail to find. And more importantly, we ended with this, we fail to be. We fail to be, okay? Jesus is all about friendship, Paul says in 2 Corinthians uh, that all this is from God who through Christ reconciled us to himself. Right? Do you hear that word where he says reconciled? What does that mean? What did Jesus do on the cross? Reconcile us to God. What does that mean, reconciliation? It means that at one point you were enemies of God, but now because of what Jesus has done on the cross, you are now not enemies, but what? Your friends. Your friends. The gospel makes enemies of God into his friends. And God calls us what? His friends. How? He became our friend. Not because we were such good friends to him. Not because we are so useful to him, but it was the very opposite. It's because we aren't and we weren't. And that's why he tells us in John chapter 15, this is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, 
that someone laid down his life for his friends. You are my friend if you do what I command you. Okay? Friends, Christian friends especially, they're not the ones, they're asking, what am I getting out of this? They're asking, what can I do for you? Why? Because your friend Jesus, the Savior of the world, he came to what? Serve and not to be served. Friends, especially those who really understand the gospel, they look to bear one another's burdens. Why? Because Jesus, your friend, carried the unbearable burden of sin, and then he says to us in Matthew chapter 11, take my yoke upon you, learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. My yoke is easy, my burden is light. Carry it. Christian friends are consistently there. For better, for worse, they seek to be connected, not just socially, but mentally, emotionally. Why? Because Jesus Christ is our great high priest. He's empathized with us in every way, connected to us in every way on the cross. So much so that he says that whatever you've done to the least of these, you've done it to me. Right? Now, I think, whether you're a Christian or not today, everyone could probably recognize some of these characteristics of friendships as as good things. They're, They're all wonderful things. And they're probably things that you should want in a friend. Maybe you even expect them. But the thing is, I don't know where you get the idea from. I don't know where people get the ideas of what their friends should be. Where you get the justification to expect such friends. Where you get the resources to find such friends. Or the strength and the power to be such friend. But the gospel and my faith in Christ, your faith in Christ, what Proverbs seems to be saying is that it's somehow connected with friends. How I make friends. How I seek a friend. How I should be a friend. And we'll look at that more carefully, more directly next week. But I want to talk about today, especially as we look at the idea of friendship, of of another characteristic I think Proverbs tells us of what a real friend is like, okay? And I think this is so important that I'm just going to spend all the rest of the sermon on this one subject, and that is honesty. Honesty. When I say honesty, I think it's an important characteristic of friendship but I think it's the hardest thing to do with your friends. When I say honesty, I'm not talking about you being able to vent and say whatever is inside, no matter how ugly it is. When I say honesty, I'm not talking about your emotional vomit, right? Maybe that's part of it, but I'm talking about a kind of honesty, okay, where you're not afraid to speak the truth to a friend, a truth that you really believe they need to hear but it might sting a little. A kind of honesty, right, where you hear words that you really really don't want to hear, but you receive them. You really consider them. Why? Because they come from a true friend. That's honesty. Let me unpack this for you in our verses, in our passage that was just read. Um, Here in Proverbs, verses 5 and verse uh, 6, This is what Proverbs says. Better is an open rebuke than hidden love. Faithful are the wounds of a friend. Profuse are the kisses of an enemy. Let me me unpack the structure here just a little bit. Just a little bit of Bible study, okay? It's only two verses, five and six here. But it's Hebrew poetry. The, The structure is like poetry. So verse five and six are like pretty much what we call a couplet. 
They're meant to go together. They parallel each other, these two verses. And we start with verse 6, and what does the author of Proverbs say? He says, faithful are the wounds of a friend, profuse are the kisses of an enemy. We have a contrast in this verse. Enemies and friends. Wounds from friends, kisses from an enemy. You know why that's weird? It's the very opposite of what it should be. In verse 6, it talks about friends versus enemies. And what you would normally think is wounds, pain, come from enemies. But kisses come from people who are friendly. But verse 6 is complete opposite. What we read here, not that kisses come from a friend. What comes from friends? Wounds. Friendly wounds. And it's not that kisses uh, come from a friend, but where do they come from in verse 6? Enemies. What exactly are wounds from a friend? And this is where you look at the verse 5, because it's parallel to verse 6, right? And there you have another contrast. You have open rebuke contrasted with hidden love. Open rebuke versus hidden love, okay? Hidden love. Open rebuke parallel to wounds of an enemy or friend. What are kisses of an enemy parallel to? Verse 5, hidden love. Now let's look at this carefully. What is a friendly wound? It's parallel to an open rebuke. An open rebuke is a friendly wound. What is that? It's words. It's words that your friend might need to hear even though it's going to hurt a little. Here, let me ask you a question, okay, and just be very honest. Can you still be a friend and tell them that they are absolutely wrong and being bad? Terrible. Stupid. Is it possible to say to your friend, I'm your friend, I really like you, and what you're doing and what you're saying is so wrong? Vice versa, think about this. Ask yourself this question. Is it possible to hear those things, to hear such things, receive such things from a person and still consider them a really close friend? Because what Proverbs seems to be saying is there is a greatly needed kind of honesty between real friends that both parties desperately need. Open rebuke, Wounded friends, friends from a wound, okay? You ever tried this? Maybe, maybe you have and it's fine, it works for you, but sometimes it's hard, isn't it? I mean, consider it even in the church. You ever tried? You know in your head that you should say, maybe say something. What do you do with that? Now, let me be honest. We have people in our church who are good at pointing out what's wrong all the time <laughs> with everyone, all right? All the time with everyone. But you keep doing that, and you, and you think, yeah, I'm being honest, I'm being truthful. But you keep doing that, and you know what happens? People stop listening to you. Why? Go back a few sermons ago, because you're just a hater. You're just a hater. Your goal is off. Why bother trying to speak to a friend with truth when you know it might hurt a little. Why? Why even bother? Why put you through the headache? Put yourself through the headache. Okay, let's look at verse 5. 
What's a rebuke? Well, there's words, right? But a rebuke, when Proverbs uses the word rebuke, it's not just calling out someone who is morally wrong, okay? The idea here is that your friend is on a certain path, and you're saying, wait a minute, maybe not that way. What about this way? Right? In other words, because you care enough about a person to say something hard, even though you might get hurt in the process, why do you even do that? Because you're trying to be a real friend. This is something I think is so important that I just think we don't do enough. We don't do enough. We don't do it very well. But Proverbs here seems to be saying it's what real friends do. And why is this so hard sometimes? I'm sure there are different reasons, but here's what I think. Oftentimes, it's because you're afraid. You're afraid to say what really needs to be said because you're afraid of how it will be received by your friend. I was talking to someone a long time ago, and they were complaining about their friend and how this friend always does the same thing, and it's always bad, and, and uh, you know, and they're kind of like, don't know what to do. And I said, well, why don't you confront the person? Why don't you talk to the person about it and tell this person? And the response was, I don't think I can. I was like, why not? Because as soon as I say something, I'm going to be on this person's blacklist. I'm going to be on the blacklist. I'm going to get kicked out. I can't say it to them. It doesn't always go too well. Sometimes not received well. Sometimes they question it. Sometimes they, they become defensive. Sometimes there's feelings of betrayal. Maybe there ends up in conflict, makes things a little awkward. Worst case scenario, they stop talking to you. And so rather than go through all that, just don't say it. If that's you, look at the parallel in these two verses. Open rebuke in verse 5 are wounds of a friend, verse 6. But verse 5 talks about hidden love. Hidden love parallels with what in verse 6? Kisses of an enemy. Now, what does that mean? What is hidden love? It means that something is hidden, right? Out of love. Hidden love refers to someone who thinks they are being more loving by hiding the truth, by not telling the truth, by not saying it. They think they're being more loving, more gracious. You know, I'll give you an example. Sometimes questions we ask is, are just trick questions. There's just no right answer. But I remember some years ago, I would ask my wife, honey, do I, do I look like I gained weight? And sometimes her, you know, her response would be, no, no, you look, you look the same. You look the same. And you, know, you take pictures during that period of time. But then you ever go back to pictures like five, six, seven years ago, and you look at that picture, and, and you know, you've been taking care of yourself all, but five, six, seven years ago, you look at that picture, and you say, oh my gosh, I was really heavy. And so you get upset. Honey, why didn't you tell me? Why didn't you tell me that? And you know why they didn't tell you that? What, what, she, what are they going to say? Oh, you look fat, right? If, I, if she said that, I would have been so defensive. You're body shaming me now. That's so wrong. But now I'm upset because she didn't tell me, right? I, I don't have a real perspective of who I am because I don't see outside myself, myself. When we say we want friends, listen carefully, some of us, what we mean is we want people on our side. We want people on our side. 
which is great. It should be. But if on your side means hiding needed truth, if on your side means that they never get to say anything you don't want to hear, but you actually might need to hear, that's not being on your side. That's not friendship. That's manipulation. That's manipulation. You are using this person to bolster your own confidence, to give yourself a self-esteem at the cost of truth, honesty, real counsel, and help. That's not, that, that's not for you. That works against you to hide truth. That's what Proverbs calls the kisses of an enemy. An enemy. Now, before you go and start wounding your friends, right? All right, I heard the sermon. I'm going to tell you like it is. I've been hiding this for so long. I just want to tell you, you are so obnoxious. All right, now, I mean, just before you go and start wounding your friends, here's a warning. Before you do this, you need to ask yourself this question. Do you have that kind of relationship with this person? Is there a real friendship, first of all? Then why am I saying this? What's my motivation here? What's my goal in speaking to this person this way? What is my purpose? And if the only thing is, well, because I'm right and this person's wrong and I just want to be honest and real and I just need to get this off my chest, if that's your goal to your friend, that's also manipulation. You're doing it for you. It's self-serving. But a friend wounds his friend with an open rebuke. Why? Because the goal is the friend that you're talking to. If I don't tell you this, no one else will because they're all afraid. But I care enough for you to try, even though I might be the one that gets burned in the process. At the end of the day, if you are afraid to say what really needs to be said, then you are not a friend. You're not a friend. Look at the parallel in our verses. Hidden love, hiding truth is the same as what? Not a friend, but kisses of what? An enemy. And here's why this is dangerous. We all have blind spots of, of who we are. We don't recognize, we don't realize the things we say, the way we say them, how we think, what we look like to others outside of us. And that's why we need people outside of us to speak into our lives, to tell us these things. We all have blind spots, and so we need intervention. But when we don't do this, here's what's, here's what's happening. When you don't do this, you are not giving them an accurate picture of themselves or their situation. A possible accurate picture. And that means that your friend who you say you care about, they're going to keep making decisions and choices based on who they think they are, what they think they are, because they're out of touch with reality. Why? Because of friends like you. Oh, I love you so much. I like you so much. There is nothing you can do wrong. That's absolutely not true. There are a lot of things your best friend could do wrong. There are so many things your spouse could do wrong. There are so many things your children do wrong. Your friends do wrong. At least do, they could do better. And if you're not willing to 
sometimes give hard-to-hear truth for their benefit, for their growth, their blessing, their safety, their success, Proverbs here seems to be saying, you're not really being a good friend. Okay? Now, here's another caveat. I am not saying sometimes you need people in your life who feel like their job is to always lay it into you, to tear you down, to make you feel like crap all the time in the name of trying to keep you humble, okay? After all, with friends like that, then who really does need enemies? (laughs) But these are friends Proverbs is talking about, real friends who are going to speak hard truth into their life, and they've thought hard about it before they did because they know it's going to be hard. It's going to be really hard, not just to the person who hears, but also it should be hard on the person who speaks them. It should be hard. Why? Here's why. Remember last week? Last week we talked, one of the characteristics of a friend is a connectedness, someone who is emotionally, mentally connected with you in such a way that when you hurt, they feel that pain a little bit. They understand. And so being connected and at the same time being an honest truth teller is very hard. It's hard because the words I need to tell you are painful and because they're painful for you to hear, they're also painful for me to say. Do you feel that? You're connected, but you're also honest. What we do is this. We just do one or the other. Either we're so connected, so involved with the person, we never say anything because it's just too hard and too painful, too troublesome. Or you're just always telling truth, right? But you don't really care about the person's feelings. You don't care about the goal of this friend. We need both. Open rebuke, our wounds of a friend. Hidden love, our kisses of an enemy. Now, let me ask you a question. Where in the Bible do we see both brutally honest truth and at the same time, Amazing, passionate love in one place. And that's the cross. Think about this. I know we, we use that word cross a lot in the church, and so, you know, you get desensitized. Oh, cross, you know, I get it. You know, I wear one, so I'm a Christian. Uh, look, think about the cross, okay? If, if you were actually there when anyone got crucified, this capital punishment for being the worst kind of criminal you wouldn't think it's nice and shiny, right? I mean, nails in your hands, blood, torture, piercing, thirst and hunger, sweat and pain, then suffocation. Dude, it is an ugly, it's it's an ugly situation. The cross is ugly. And I think when you look at the cross of Christ, there is a brutally honest truth that you need to always see. That truth is painful. You look at the blood of the Son of God. You look at the pain of the Son of God. You look at the suffering and the death of someone who did nothing wrong but went through it for you. You know what that says? It says this. This is how bad you are. This is how ugly you are. This is what it takes for God to call you a friend because this is how bad the situation is. 
If there was any other way that God could just kind of like overlook my issues and sins, I'm sure he would have done it other than having to sacrifice his only son. It's an ugly truth that you see on the cross. It takes the death of somebody's son to deal with your issues and problems. That is so ugly. Look, you come to church every Sunday. You could take a shower, hopefully. You know, you dress up nice, uh, and you say the right thing, and we do the right thing. But look, God knows in your heart you are in your sin ugly. Painful truth, literally. And unless you understand this, unless you really understand this, unless you really change and make a change, you're out of touch with reality. But at the very same time on that cross is an amazing display of love and care and compassion. You know when you betray a friend, what happens? That friend turns on you. Jesus got betrayed by his friends. Judas gave him a kiss of an enemy. Peter denied him three times, ran off. All his buddies ran away from the scene of the crime. They abandoned him. You know what those guys deserved. And so in the Garden of Gethsemane, just before he goes to the cross, God, his father, asks his son, Jesus, if you're going to keep these friends, you've got to go to hell. And Jesus in the garden says what? I'll go to hell. Here's the good news. In order to show the truth, the truth of God's holiness and righteousness in our sinfulness, our desperate need for his grace, his holiness, his forgiveness, his righteousness, he, the light, the way, and the truth had to be hurt. In order to love those who turned on him, he had to endure the pain He had to go to hell and back to make us, to keep us his friends. Proverbs says, rebukes are like wounds inflicted by a friend. On that cross, Jesus Christ is wounded for his friends. So when you see the cross, that's where Jesus is saying this. I'm the greatest friend you could ever have. Not because I inflict wounds on you, but because I take those wounds from you. My wounds are wounds of love. In Isaiah 53, what does it say? He was wounded for our transgressions, and by his wounds we are healed. Do you see this? Jesus is the friend who loves at all times, Proverbs 17. He's the guy who was born for adversity, sticks with you closer than their brother, even when it hurts, even at an infinite cost to himself. Jesus, by his wounds, he has made us his friends. How? Because he lost his friendship with his father in order to make us friends. And that's why Jesus can tell us, love one another as I have loved you, Greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. And you are my friends if you do what I say. You've heard it said, hey, truth, truth hurts. Truth hurts. And it can. It does. You know why? Because the cross shows us how love can be painful. 
Love can be painful. And maybe this is what Paul means when he says that when we speak to each other, we always ought to always speak the truth with love. With love. Now let me ask you a question. Do you have this kind of honesty in your life? Do you have a friend like this who you could do this with who does it for you? Someone who cares enough, who loves enough, who's committed enough, right? Someone to whom you've given permission to speak into your life the truth that sometimes you just don't want to hear but might desperately need. Do you have someone like this in your life? And are you a friend, a committed, cares enough kind of friend that is brave enough to speak into a friend's life even though it's also hard for you? And you might get hurt in the process. Because when we do these things, when we can do these things, here's what Proverbs is saying, that's when we become the friend that God has made us to be. That's a real friend. And it's something I think we need to work on. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for your grace. We thank you so much for your love and mercy. Um, we're thankful that uh, as complicated sometimes or as deep as your Bible seems to be, as sometimes confusing and hard to understand as your word might be sometimes, we are thankful that, that even now some of these things that this book tells us and teaches us is relevant for today, very relevant in our lives in so many ways. And we pray that you would, uh, once again, redirect our eyes to you. Take them off of ourselves, take them off of other people, and place them on you so that we might see what you see and what you say. Help us, Lord, to understand first what a friend we have in Jesus Christ. And then second, Lord, help us to be that friend to those around us. We can't have too many friends. We all want many friends, but it's hard to have one true friend. And yet, Lord, you've called us to be not only your friend, but the friends of others. So we pray that you would work in our hearts and lives and give us, Lord, a desire and openness, uh, the strength and effort to grow, to deepen, to be those kinds of friends. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.